Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. We're happy to have you here. My name is Lydia Cruz. I'm Justin Stiefel. And I'm Maura Dooley. Ahead in this hour, well, it is Oscar weekend, so we're going to talk a little bit about what they've got going on this weekend over at the Film School Seattle. We talked to Diana Daughter. They've got a great event going on Sunday. Also, the Oscars aren't your thing. Girl Scout cookies are your thing. I know they are. They're everybody's thing. It's Girl Scout cookie season, and we've got some great cocktails to go along with those for you. But right now, what's going on in the headlines? Well, interesting news this week. Our friend Jay-Z racks up a $100,000 bar bill. personal friend, Jay-Z. Close personal yeah, friend. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, $100,000 bar bill for one night of revelry in New York, him and some friends. How many people do you think attended this little get-together for him, for him to drop a hundred grand? I mean, do I guess like a rational person or a do I guess person. like a Jay-Z? Okay, like a rational person. How many people would you entertain 50. if you're going to drop a hundred grand? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, a thousand? A th- yeah, yeah, right. A hundred dollars each, yeah, right? right? So he, his party was six people. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they started off with dinner at a place called Zuma, 13000 for that, another 9000 for drinks. Uh, and then they went on to another place and he bought 40 bottles of his own signature Ace of Spades champagne company he bought in 2014. This is genius, I think, on his part, because what's there to lose? A, yeah. you're spending money on your own product, and then B, every this has been picked up by every major oh, yeah. news outlet, so it's just free further promotion for your own product. Yeah. Except I do know that those clubs mark up those bottles so much, oh, so he was paying he was paying quite a bit of money, more money than he would have for his own champagne. Almost $2,000 a bottle, right, <laughs> hey. is, is what he paid for it before the tip. And when I first saw the article, it was like 40 bottles for six people. But then the article talks about how he went around the club handing out bottles to tables. So your your point is, there it is. really good marketing. Free advertising. Having Jay-Z bring you a bottle of champagne would really make your night. Not bad. Because <laughs> we're talking about it, right? <laughs> yeah. And if we're you, talking about it, others are talking about it. You would be too. a customer for life. Yeah. So uh, the bad news is there are now 40 fewer bottles of Ace of Spades <laughs> champagne in the market somewhere. Okay. <laughs> and next up this week, interesting news. Our other friend, Ryan Reynolds. You know Ryan, don't you? Yes. Another close personal friend yeah. i mean i he was just texting me before the show gosh can't, yeah he won't leave me alone famous actor uh he bought what is called quote unquote a significant stake in the u.s based company of aviation gin aviation gin started off in oregon several years ago was recently bought by a hedge fund or investment group out of new york last year mm-hmm. and so he the story talks about how he stalked down the owners of the company and essentially forced his way in because he's such a fan of the brand and he's going to be the uh, lead brand development person and spokesman for the company. And what I thought was most interesting in the article is uh, he has an auto reply email now. So you can email him at Aviation <laughs> Gin. Okay. And the the response is, I want to read the whole email because it's quite good. The response you get back if you email Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds says this, thank you for your email and interest in Aviation American Gin. I'm away from my desk at the moment, but will respond the moment they give me a desk. About a year ago, I tried aviation for the first time. Since that day, I've spent my time finding some way to infiltrate the company. I did this for one simple reason. It's the best damn gin on the planet, period. This is, of course, Ronald Reynolds speaking. My responsibilities here at the company are vast. I'll spend my days being photographed intermittently, clenching my jaw muscles while pointing (laughs) at things and nodding. I'll drink aviation gin. I'll sit in board meetings, imagining my very own red wedding. I don't know whose idea it was to allow me into the gin business, but I can assure you there are smarter, more reasonable people in charge. That is probably true. Continuing on, thank you again for your email. If the matter is urgent, please contact my secretary, Bruce, who will respond the moment I get a secretary named Bruce. Oh, and then he signs off 
as co-owner of Aviation American Gin. Oh, he is he is a man after my own heart. Not only <laughs> does he love gin, which is my drink of choice, yeah. but how much you must have believed in the product to go ahead and chase down. It's Brian Reynolds. He's probably got a few options on his on probably. his desk, but the fact that he's going down and chasing down these people because he loves the product so much. His dance card is probably full if he right? wants it to be. Yeah. Exactly. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Final story we thought was interesting this week is BrewDog. BrewDog is a brand out of the uh, UK and Europe, and uh, they're a craft beer maker. And they've had a very aggressive plan the last several years where they crowdfund using the British crowdfunding laws. How many investors do you think they have now that they've used through this crowdfunding mechanism all online? How long they've been doing this? Several years. Okay. Um, I don't know. 10,000. 73,000 investors. Wow. And they've raised 53 million pounds. Okay. Right now would be uh, well over that in US dollars. And uh, they use it to open new locations and expand production. So one of the things they're doing now is in Scotland, they're opening next to their headquarters a new beer hotel. 26 rooms, and they're going to call it the doghouse. And you can go stay in the night. Showers have built-in beer fridge, overlooks the brewery. All the rooms overlook the brewery production. This is going to open in 2019. So cool. Yeah. The Doghouse Brew Hotel in Scotland. Well, speaking of great products and how, well, we saw what happens when Ryan Reynolds is that attracted to a product. It's just impressive what you can do when you mobilize. Mobilize the forces. Mobilize the forces because they believe so much in what your product is. Yeah. So uh, if we shift locally, it kind of leaked out last week that we're doing the same thing at Heritage. We're going to start in about a week and a half uh, for the first time opening our company to allow local residents uh, to buy shares and to become an investor in a local distillery. And there'll be more news coming on that. Yeah, um, well, that's a teaser for you. It's a big deal, yeah. We'll be one of the first kind of craft distilleries in the U.S. to do this at the local level. We really want to be kind of a community-owned company. And so uh, we started off small with friends and family, and uh, we're growing, 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 and you have to fuel that growth. And so we decided, let's open it up, and let's see if some of our fans and customers decide they want to be co-owners with us. And it's so cool. You talk about fueling the growth, but your company has always maintained that they want to make a difference in the community that you are in. Yeah. Whether, you know, as big as you get, it's also about, you know, creating jobs for people and creating, you know, a positive impact in the communities you're in. Yeah. This last year, we had a very high growth rate, uh, lots of revenue, lots of sales, more customers. Uh, when we open a new location and we have a cast club, it sells out almost immediately. So now cool. those cast club members <laughs> become vested um, you know, we, we say how it converts them into family. They become, they entered as customers. They left as family. They're part of the heritage family. And, um, um, we have people coming to us all the time asking, Hey, how do I become an owner? How do I invest? And so we sat down and thought about it and said, yeah, now is the right time to open the doors and let, let locals in. That yeah. is pretty exciting. So, so we're that's excited. More news coming soon. Yeah. That'll, that information will be available in less than a week. Wow, okay. Yeah, people will be able to Get log ready. on to the webpage and, and start checking out and see if they're interested. Perfect. Well, you've got maybe another little piece of news that yeah, you Yeah, well, it's also share. leaked out this week uh, because we had to file our liquor license applications. Is Our next location we're opening is in Ballard. Wow, right in the heart of right in the Seattle. Heart. Yeah, and uh, we're hoping to have the liquor license final in hand by uh, end of March. All the equipment is done already, and we're just doing our final install of uh, some plumbing fixtures and our, our uh, retail shelving and cast club and everything else. But all the production stuff is there, and we're ready to go. Well, now people can know ahead of time because we talked about that cast club. It sells out fast. So it sells out if fast. If you are interested in that, yeah. that's uh, that's going to be enticing for you. Yeah, we're excited, and uh, already the response from the folks in Ballard has been very positive, and it's a fast track. Uh, it was an opportunity that fell into our lap. We couldn't pass it up. 
and uh, we'll we'll have gone from concept on paper for this facility uh, to being open to the public in less than six months. Oh, so impressive. Well, yeah. congratulations. The family gets a little bit bigger. It's pretty Every cool. day. Thank you. Speaking of things getting better, how do you make one of the best things, one of the best desserts that exists, which would be Girl Scout cookies, how do you make them even better? Well, you pair them with cocktails. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Diana Daughter, Executive Director of the Film School Seattle, about a great Oscar event that's going on this weekend. But first, it's the topic I never tire talking about, and that would be Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the best guilty pleasures. Are they even guilty pleasures? They're just just pleasures, I'm, I'm desserts. Guilty. Yeah. It's guilty when you finish the whole box. Uh, then yeah. you feel guilty. And you don't share. When I don't yeah. share, I guess maybe I should feel bad about In that. In a short sitting, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean like over the course of a week. I mean the course of an hour. Then you feel guilty. <laughs> exactly. But hey, you're sponsoring the Girl Scouts. That's a good thing. What are your guys' favorite, your go-to Girl Scout cookies, since it is that time of year? So my longtime favorite has been the Samoa oh, with the yeah. coconut and chocolate. Classic. Yeah. But I've recently gotten into the Tagalongs, which are the cookie with the layer of peanut butter, and then the whole thing is coated in chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, digging that. And I'm especially vulnerable because my daughter is in third grade. Uh, my wife, Jennifer, who's also the president of our company, happens to be the troop leader for my daughter's uh, brownie brownie troop. And so we have Girl Scout cookies coming out the wazoo at our house, getting ready to make deliveries and <laughs> all that. That's an easy sale <laughs> right there. Do your part. Yeah, That's cookies. Right. That's right. Yeah, the Smos are delicious. My mom always buys the trefoils. Yep. Uh, I don't know and what those are. I think she buys them because she knows they're not my favorite, so I won't eat the entire box. So she just <laughs> knows, like, okay, yeah, that this will work. It's like the butter cookie. Yeah, oh, okay. the shortbread, just a shortbread yeah. cookie. It's like, good. still good, but yes. not the best. Yeah, not, I like the Thin Mints for yeah. sure. Oh, cal- yeah. classic. So the only thing that could make possibly make Girl Scout cookies better would be great cocktails to go with them, right? Yes. Yeah, so this last Thursday at the Seattle Design Center, uh, was a big blowout event sponsored by the actual Girl Scouts of America for the Northwest. And they partnered up with breweries, wineries, distilleries, sold tickets. It was a fundraiser. And they paired, uh, they brought chefs in from all over the region and uh, had food using the Girl Scout cookies as the ingredients in the food courses. Oh and these are high end food. And then they had uh, beer and wine and they had um, cocktails that use Girl Scout products, Girl Scout cookies in the ingredients. Uh, so you you know you talk about um, more thin mints. Mm-hmm. You know you can crush up thin mints really fine and then uh, use it to make a, a rim sweetener. Yeah. For oh some kind of like a chocolatey martini or something like that, mm. and you've got this thin mint sugar rim around it. That's just one example. Yeah. If you're Girl Scouts are really bringing it. I was going to say that's are. pretty forward thinking of them to organize <laughs> this event. It is bring in local people and t- to be. Yeah, thinking of involving the spirits wine industry in what they're doing. And they raised a lot of money and the place was packed. And what's funny is just three years ago when uh, Jennifer, my wife, started being the Girl Scout troop leader and they started doing you the go, first- Jennifer. They man. started doing the first Girl Scout cookies for our daughter. Um, they actually had a thing that said, you cannot set up shop outside of a brewery, distillery, winery tasting room, or outside of a pot shop, okay? Because, I mean, genius, outside of a pot shop, $5 cookies right. to go. Oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and people just blowing through truckloads of cookies. And so the Girl Scouts finally came out and said, no, we don't want that to be part of our brand or image. Mm-hmm. Now, three years later, here they are hosting a massive cocktail event. Yeah, I was kind of surprised right? to see that. A little bit of a turnaround yeah, because probably have seen that 
this is a it's a popular thing. This is a hungry and thirsty part of the country. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So congratulations on a great event with the Girl Scouts. And uh, we at Heritage were honored to be there as part of it. And uh, um, in light of all that, and because Girl Scouts are going to Girl Scout cookies are still on sale through the rest of uh, this part of March at heritagedistilling.com and on Facebook and at Cast Club Radio, we have six amazing pairings of each Girl Scout cookie with a particular spirit that we make and some cocktail suggestions. And it's easy to follow each of the six. So you can pick your favorite cookie, pick your favorite heritage spirit, and impress your friends with this cocktail tasting and pairing. Mm. And uh, remember, the Girl Scout cookies, how much are they per box, Mara? Do you you know how much they are now? Have they been? I don't know what the going rate is right now, actually. I just throw money because I just want them. I'll pay anything. It's five bucks a box. Oh, yeah. Still five bucks a box. It's great. Yeah. Easy, easy entertainment. It's a great deal, yeah. Yeah. I so, think the, the, what the uh, Boy Scouts sell popcorn for more than that, and yeah, I don't like do. the popcorn nearly as much. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do yeah. as many cocktails with that, that's for sure. Yeah. So we want to talk about a couple well, yeah. we specific Girl give, Scout-inspired recipes? Give people a little teaser of what they what they can see with these. Okay, so for Mara here, uh, we came up with the Thin Mint Boozy Milkshake. Mm. Very easy to make, but dangerous. I'm in. Two scoops of vanilla ice cream. The better quality ice cream you get, the better it's going to be. Yeah. You know, look for real vanilla bean ice cream. One ounce of our vanilla vodka, all natural, and then four thin mint cookies. Now, the recipe says four, but I think Mara will probably end up with just six or that seven. I might throw a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> it's a flexible number, right? You can't That's go right. wrong. Boozy milk, milkshakes are kind of a trend right now. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So in the blender, you're going to add the two scoops of ice cream, one ounce uh, of vanilla vodka. Again, if you're Mara, it's probably going to be two ounces of vodka, but you know, between one and two ounces of vodka. Um, crush up three or four of the cookies, put them in the blender, let it go. Keep whatever number of cookies you've got on the side left. And uh, you want to garnish it with a cookie, a whole cookie or a half cookie. Mara might take a bite out of the cookie and put it on the edge of the glass. That would still be good. Plus, you could maybe throw like a sprig of mint in there exactly. at the top, make it a little colorful. Yep. So that's the thin it. mint Instagram boozy. once you're done with your milkshake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got <laughs> to Instagram that. Um, for my taste, the Samoa, we have the boozy Samoa latte. So this requires two-thirds cup of caramel coffee, two-thirds cup of milk, a one and a half ounce of our coconut vodka, and a couple tablespoons of chocolate sauce mm. and uh, you're going to make a rimmer on the glass so you dip the glass in the chocolate sauce and then rim it with the uh, uh, coconut uh, powder that you might get or, or the sweetened coconut um, and then uh, mix it all together serve on ice garnish it with some whipped cream and a little dab of chocolate sauce wow that's the samoa ah that sounds so delicious yeah and uh, some of these cocktails that we have aren't you don't put the cookies in the cocktail but you pair it so eat the cookie drink the drink the cocktail and so on uh, and the last one is the savannah smiles lemontini because the savannahs are a lemon based cookie uh, so two ounces of lemon vodka half ounce of fresh lemon juice squeeze the fresh lemon juice shake both of those over ice serve in the martini glass with powdered sugar and uh, take the uh, cookie and again take a small bite out of it and uh, put it in as a garnish or this is one where you can crush them up really fine and make a lemon uh, cookie rim uh, sweetener on the rim of the glass. See, I'm learning about new cookies too. I pretty much always go to my staples, the Samoas and the Thin Mints, and I I don't know about. Some I got to branch other out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so because we'll need a healthy supply of Girl Scout cookies, they'll be on sale one more time. They're on sale until at least March 11th, and they're all over. You probably have seen them in grocery stores and. 
Uh, they, I don't know if they are going door to door right now or not, but uh, everywhere you go, you're going to see Girl Scout cookies. And when you see a Girl Scout cookie, the first thing that pops to head pop, pops to your mind is probably not going to be what heritage distilling <laughs> product am I going to buy to complement these cookies, right? That's yeah. that's what you should be thinking right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're on sale until my birthday, March 11th. So there if anyone go. wants to buy Thin Mints and send them <laughs> on birthday over. present. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> and of course, it's all for a good cause. You know, the Girl Scouts, the thing that I love as a dad of someone, of my daughter who's in Girl Scouts is they're learning um, all this entrepreneurial stuff. They take the orders. They got to keep track of the, the customers. Uh, they're collecting money now prepaid. They're delivering uh, they're doing that customer service. Uh, we have our daughter write a thank you note for all the people that nice. pre-ordered, and so she, they get this thank you note. So she learns to, you know, thankful, be thankful, and be appreciative. And um, at the end of the day, you know, they get to do lots of cool stuff with the money. They all go do cool stuff as a troop, and uh, great learning experiences. And I'm guessing just because she's your daughter, runs in the in the family business, that she rakes in a, a lot of orders. <laughs> she, yeah, the pre-order this year was, uh, she had something like 20 cases, uh, all pre-order. Wow. Just pre-order oh, alone, girl. friends and family, yeah. Coming up on Cast Club Radio, this weekend is Oscar weekend. Do you have your pick-in for Best Picture? We get to chat with Diana Daughter. She's executive director of the Film School Seattle. They've got a great event going on this Sunday for the Oscars. It's for a great cause. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. It is Oscar week. Probably got that scheduled on your calendar for Sunday. A great event going on in the local community. Here to talk about it is Diana Daughter, Executive Director of the Film School Seattle, an amazing nonprofit in this community. And you've got something pretty incredible going on this weekend. It is Oscar weekend, right? It is Oscar weekend. We have an amazing event coming up this weekend. It's our annual fundraiser, Oscar Gala Night Fundraiser, and we host it down at the Triple Door, and Jordan Babineau is our MC this year, and all of the proceeds go to supporting scholarships to the film school for um, diverse students uh, that are in financial need. That is pretty cool. And and for those who aren't familiar with the film school, Seattle, can you tell us about the nonprofit itself? Oh, sure, sure. So the film school was created by Oscar-winning writer Stuart Stern. He wrote Rebel Without a Cause and Emmy Award-winning writer and director Tom Skerritt, who recently launched the Seattle-based Hey You Media, as well as Warren Etheridge, the creator of The High Bar. And their vision was to create a school that would be the home of innovative, creative education and filmmaking with an emphasis on story. So we at Film School believe that powerful stories given a platform can lift the human condition. So that was how it started. And as a producer, I find that being uh, that beginning with a well-crafted story and screenplay is probably the most critical part of the filmmaking process. So without a well-crafted script and a highly developed characters, no matter how much money you throw into a production, the film is going to fall short and not make its intended impact or revenue. So we at the film school really teach our students how to craft a strong, solid story and screenplay. You have, you've started several businesses, but what made you want to get involved with the Film School Seattle? 
Oh, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur, and my focus has always been to uplift the community. So whatever in, whatever involvement I have in any kind of uh, business capacity, it's always with the heart of helping to support and grow uh, communities. And so I was actually uh, producing, I had a production company uh, when the board of directors of the film school approached me. They wanted to take the film school into the digital age, and, um, and I just thought it was just a wonderful opportunity to create a school that was kind of that next evolution of digital media and entertainment that could create really strong stories and really solid filmmakers that would ultimately go out and make make projects that would have a have a social and community impact. And so we created the, the Digital Media Innovation Lab. And in that lab, also done, I think, four films to date. And those films have gone on to play in like 30 film festivals around the world. And they are on, you know, Alaska in flight and they all have a a heart to them. So in the, and they touch social justice issues. The last film we did was called Shard written by um, an African-American LGBT woman out of Tacoma, Washington. And it was shot all with all African-American cast and crew. And it was shot in Washington state and it dealt with, um, um, gun violence, the issue of gun violence. And so we work really hard to create opportunities for unique, authentic voices to tell their stories and get their stories not only written, but produced and brought out into the world. So Diana, how many students at any one time are attending the school? You know, we're very much like a conservatory. So we will see really like to see maybe a maximum of 30 students in a class so that they get that really one-on-one um, experience and mentorship with our instructors, and all of our instructors are uh, working professionals in the in the entertainment industry. So we have folks from Emily Zuloff, which uh, was at Pixar. Uh, she was the screen supervisor on Inside Out. We have Brian McDonald, who is a uh, consultant for Cirque du Soleil and Disney and Pixar, and he's written you know four books on screenwriting. And Stacey Adams, who is the past uh, current executive for CBS so on shows like Big Bang Theory and the CSI franchise. So all of these students get really this one-on-one experience with professionals that are working in the industry at really high levels. And these students are all coming to you after high school or after some other career they've had? You know, it's interesting. We see students from 17 to 70. So we have students that are in high school. We have students that are lawyers and have decided that they're, you know, that they've always wanted to pursue writing and and are having a second career. We have folks that have produced feature films and, you know, folks that work for, you know, do videos for Macklemore. And we have just this really amazing range of people. People come from Dubai and France and all over the world to attend our classes. So it's this really beautiful mix of of people from all different backgrounds, ethnicities, cultures, age ranges, and they all come together and create this amazing tribe that ultimately end up working together. That's one of the most amazing things about art to me in movies is, is their ability to unify and bring people together. And sounds like, well, with the film school Seattle, with your focus on on telling stories that matter and with that focus on the writing element of it, when you look ahead, and because we know Oscar weekend is this weekend, what is it that makes a great screenplay? 
per se? Mm, you know, that's really a really interesting question. You know, this year we've got some amazing nominations for original screenplay. Um, the, the field is really outstanding. There's three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. There's the big six. Get Out, Lake Bird, The Shape of Water, these these screenplays are really, it's going to be a really interesting uh, evening competition. And what's really interesting about each of those, um, you know, I have, I have my favorites. I would have to say Three Billboards and Get Out are probably my two top favorites. And, and the reason that they're my favorites is because they are so well-crafted. Mm-hmm. The character developed in Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri is just amazing. You know, three of their actors are up for Oscars for their performances in, in, their, in this film. So uh, Frances McDormand is, is up for leading actress. Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell are both up for supporting actors. And that's due to the craftsmanship of the characters in the screenplay. If, if it wasn't on the page, the actors would have nothing to bring to life. So it's the, the, the craftsmanship of the characters is really, um, really makes a screenplay uh, stand out. And also, you know, just the, um, the structure itself, the story structure itself is really critical. And then with three billboards, you see this amazing kind of second ripple effect that's happening with it. And, you know, this film has la- launched a movement. People kind of are artfully using three billboards with a red background mounted on trucks and on buildings to call attention to uh, pressing social issues. So whenever you have a film that's so well crafted and the and the characters are so well-defined uh, that gives so much play to an actor. And then it begins to launch a movement or spurs a community to activism. Um, you know that that movie and that screenplay has gone beyond just general entertainment. It's creating this beautiful ripple effect and, and something that every screenplay writer aspires to. Wow. So do you have a favorite come Oscar Sunday when we have- Hearing favorites in terms of yeah. the of the screenwriting, but when it comes to the entire film, those up for best picture, do you have a do you have a, a dog in the race? So Get Out is uh, it's also one of my favorite. The top two are probably three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Get Out. And Get Out was written by John Peel, and he just made this amazing film, a horror film about benevolent racism. So you know, getting Get Out became one of the most talked about honest films made about race in a really long time. And um, a quote from Aja Romero, he, he was basically saying, you know, Get Out was a textbook for white people on how not to just cerebrally understand, but viscerally experience the way racism can impact the lives of the people around them. And it it was able to succeed because it was a genre film. People came for the scares and left turning over the politics. Wow. Yeah, and it's uh, I know at the there was some controversy surrounding that because it got nominated Golden Globes wise as best comedy or best comedy or musical, and Jordan Peele saying coming out and saying this is not a comedy, this is a drama with you know a comment on racism. Exactly, exactly. So uh, Diana, before we let you go, let's let the listeners hear about your event. You've got Sunday night again. This is the fundraiser for the Film School of Seattle, and you're hosting your own Oscar gala at the Triple Door and starts at four o'clock, right? That's correct. So the film school holds a Oscar gala every year. It's our annual fundraiser to support scholarships for students in need. 
And we have this year hosting is Jordan Babineau. And it starts at four o'clock down at the Triple Door. It's a black tie event. So it's very elegant. Women come in gowns and men come in their in their tuxes. And you, you have a red have carpet. A, a so nice cu- get ready for the we red carpet. We do have a red right? carpet experience. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then they come down and we come into the theater where we have a live auction and we serve them a beautiful four course dinner uh, catered by Wild Ginger with a wine pairing. And we just have a really great time and raise a lot of money for scholarships. Are tickets still there available? Are a few tickets left. Okay. Oh, yes, there are a few tickets left available. And they can go to thefilmschool.com, and there's a drop-down menu, the Oscar Gala. You can click on that and purchase tickets. There are a few left. We usually see about 200 people and um, artists and business leaders and philanthropists, and um, we just have a really great time. So you have a screening starting at 530? Yeah, the screening of the Oscar starts at 530. All right, so people will be able to enjoy and support a local cause and watch the Oscars at the same time so they won't miss out. Absolutely. Excellent. All and right. they get to vote for their favorite. They get to vote for their favorite uh, choices as well. Best picture. They get to actually be involved in the in the outcome. Absolutely. Best of both Perfect. worlds. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Diana, for uh, taking the time to chat with us and for all the great work that you're doing in the community. We really appreciate it. Well, we thank you so much for um, having us on your show today. Coming up on Cast Club Radio. Now that we've talked about the Oscars and you're ready to watch. You need a drink in hand, and we've got the perfect cocktail, and we've got the perfect cocktail to do so. That's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks for being here. It's been a fun show today, man. We've talked to everything from Oscars to crowdsourcing to big news going on with Heritage. It is Oscar weekend, though, and I'm kind of excited only because not necessarily for the movies, but because I have kind of an eerie ability to pick all of the winners. Oh, okay. It's a talent that's totally useless, but it comes in handy <laughs> this one weekend where I can win bets with my friends. Are you going to go ahead and put it on record right now? Well, I I, ha- I fill out like a full ballot sheet of my picks. But yeah, how about you guys? Are you into the Oscars in general as a as a art form or just a viewing experience? I'm into uh, what people are talking about on the red carpet before they go in because it's usually a <laughs> signal to what is the vibe of the of the culture right now. That's true. And it's a it's a interesting time. It's a crazy time right now. It is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, everyday people are getting a little edgier, right? <laughs> and that will come through in the questions that are asked and answered on the red carpet. And we've already seen in award shows this year that that's, you know, been a part of it where everybody wore black to one award show. Yeah. And so, yeah, who knows what could happen? Are you a fan of the actual outfits themselves? Do you judge no, the I'm red not, carpet? I'm not, I'm not focused I, on the fashion. I like, watch, yeah. the fashion. I like watching the fashion and deciding who, who wore it best yes, or who, exactly. yeah, mm-hmm. and who didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, let me take that back. There are times where I see something and I'm like, God, why the hell did you put that on? <laughs> like, I'm not being a critic, but I'm just saying, first off, I hope you didn't spend money on that. And secondly, who told you that would be a good There's idea? There's always yeah. a couple of those. There's always that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they took the risk and it didn't pay off. <laughs> and I'm always the person, too, who these people actually have to sit through an award show wearing that. It's yeah. one thing to walk down the red carpet when, but you know that they've got things taped in certain places and you actually have to sit through an entire but show. I, I usually think they don't realize until the critics get after them the next day. But do you think maybe they start to tell from the reaction they're getting on the red carpet? That Possibly. Would, you're right. If they have to sit through that knowing that it's not hitting, it's a miss. 
then that's right. Yeah. See, I don't think it's a risk. I think they all have lost a bet somewhere. <laughs> and Or there are pictures of them, and it's like blackmail. Like, okay, you got to put this on, or I'm going to expose these photos maybe. of you. Right? That's a good or maybe theory. Maybe that whole any publicity is good publicity thing. Like, Possibly. I'll wear something horrible, and it'll be all over every magazine. And then maybe the, the designers will come back to them and say, hey, let me help you next year. I'm going to get you something really great next year. <laughs> Do you guys have any dog in the fight? I know we talked about it. We all haven't seen too many of the Oscar pictures that are actually up for best picture. Why is that? I always tell myself I'm going to see more Oscar films and then I never do. Um, I think, you know, our society is trained to wait for stuff to come out on uh, on demand yeah. yeah, and on Netflix and Amazon Prime. So all almost all of these uh, have been in the theaters or recently left the theaters and may not be available on demand. And so I think it just becomes, this becomes a marketing tool to drive those post theater viewings and downloads. Yeah, that's a good point because Get Out's been out of the theater for a while and that's the only one that I have seen. <laughs> yeah, Dunkirk has been out for a while. It's on demand now, but the other ones I'm, I'm still waiting. I always think too, I go to the movies a lot of times for escapism and a lot of the Oscar movies are mm. almost difficult to watch because they are such great stories and they're so impactful. And sometimes I'm just like, I just need like a Catherine Heigl <laughs> movie right now. It's not a right turn now. off your brain kind of movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'll admit it. <laughs> Sometimes my taste is not that good. Are you saying Katherine Hagel is not a serious actress? No. <laughs> she doesn't want any Oscars yet, no, I don't think no, no, no. so. Yeah. Well, if people are throwing parties this weekend, which we know people love to get into it, I have friends who throw red carpet parties and yeah. they we fill out ballots and things. What can they make when well, it comes to cocktails? Speaking of red carpet, we came up with a red carpet sparkler. Pretty easy to make as a cocktail. One ounce of our vanilla vodka, an ounce of raspberry lemonade, champagne. And if you want to make it a $2,000 drink, you can order a bottle of Ace of Spades champagne by our friend Jay-Z, <laughs> as we learned earlier in the show. Or you can just get any good quality champagne or Prosecco or sparkling wine and fresh raspberries. And so the way you make this is you're going to get a shaker, one ounce of the vanilla vodka, one ounce of the raspberry lemonade. Uh, shake it up, get it nice and chilled, pour that over ice into a clean glass and uh, top it with a little bit of champagne and then they garnish it with a couple of raspberry floaters. Pretty easy and it's got a nice color. Yeah, I was going to say it already sounds like a visually appealing drink. Plus you got to have champs, you got to have bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a really easy one to kind of pre-batch everything else and then just top everyone off with champagne yeah, can. for your group. Yep. Do not shake the champagne in the shaker. <laughs> no. no, no, no. No. Top off the drink after you've <laughs> emptied it out of the shaker into a fresh glass with ice, okay? We don't want to see pictures and people sending us uh, the mess they made as they were shaking champagne. Yeah. That's not what you want on Oscar weekend. You don't want that. No. You don't want that. And of course, if you're hungry, you may have some... Girl Scout cookies left over. That's a great tie-in. That's a crowd pleaser no matter what. Well, as always, if you want to check out past episodes, if you need to get caught up, you can uh, check out heritagedistilling.com. There's a link right there on the front page. Yep. And uh, Facebook. And then, of course, on social media where you can find the show at Cast Club Radio. And uh, we're at Cairo. Of course, yeah. 97.3 FM, Cairo. You can download all of the podcasts and uh, you can subscribe. And uh, we'd ask that you go to iTunes and rate us on iTunes. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love to hear from you. Always love to hear feedback. You're making any of these drinks. We'd love to see the pictures and hear how how they're going. If you have questions, email questions, and uh, we're happy to answer them. And other than that, we've got to go finish our paperwork so we can offer shares to the public. This is so cool. Yeah, stay tuned for more information on that, right? That's coming up soon. Yeah, there'll be some official announcements. This is all unofficial. 
We'll see you next week on Cask Club Radio. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling, part of Cairo Weekends on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM.